Welcome to the Men of Iron Podcast, equipping men for growth in your faith, family, friends, fitness, and finances. Check out menofiron.org to learn more about how you can get involved in or support the vision of changing a culture one man at a time. Thanks for listening. Here's your host, Chad Zook. Welcome to the Men of Iron podcast. This is episode 66, and here at Men of Iron, we drill down on faith, family, fitness, finances, and what we're going to talk about today at length is friendships. In just a moment, I'm going to bring on Garrett, the Presidente and CEO of Men of Iron, but for now, I want to tell you that this episode is brought to you by Backgate Prayers. Did you know that there are multiple biblical truths you can claim over your children's lives? Let's be honest, guys. Many of us struggle with prayer. Our prayers become like autopilot prayers. We pray the exact same thing. Backgate Prayers is here to help guys like you and me to be able to recharge. They have researched God's promises in the scripture to curate and write out a set of prayers to claim over your children's lives as they grow. There's even a set of cards designed to help you pray for your marriage. You can personalize the prayer cards with names and a photo. These cards are a great gift also for your wife or loved one. So if you're interested, go to backgateprayers.com. Go there now and grab your personalized prayer cards. Use the code MENOFIRON to get 10% off of your order. Thanks to Backgate Prayers for being a sponsor of the Men of Iron podcast. We could not do it without you. And also, this episode is brought to you by Strong 27. This is one of the things that we have developed here at Men of Iron. And we have a certain aspect of this that's all about mentoring, but specifically drilling into friendship. So maybe as a follow-up to this podcast, there's just something in here that, that you just kind of grabbed you. And here's what we would like for you to do. Go grab a mentor, pick up a Strong 27 uh, packet, uh, go to menofiron.org to purchase that, and you will have just a great tool to help you to embrace friendships. And we're going to talk about three different types of masculine friends in this episode. And I want to tell you a couple friends that I've met here recently. And actually, I met them, I befriended them, and they're going to be on the Men of Iron podcast in the next few weeks. There's Josh Kachatorian. He is a fitness and faith expert. And Frank Rich, who is a fitness and faith expert as well. And then Dr. Mark Pitts and Becky Thompson. It's a father-daughter combo. And they're going to be talking about a new tool that, that specifically Mark has drilled into to help us as men to grow spiritually. So listen to the Men of Iron podcast, subscribe to the podcast. Don't miss a single episode as we're bringing you quality content so that you can do what we talk about and you can become a better man and you can make the world a better place by embracing these truths. So let's talk about our three types of masculine friendships. And I want to say, Garrett, welcome to the show. Hey, Chad, man, thanks for having me again. I don't know if our listeners are getting sick of hearing me or not, but uh, I'm grateful to be here. Yeah, we have uh, three other times we've gathered for a podcast. So we're in a series of four. This is the last one. Some of you are like, oh, man, this is, this is the end of Chad and Garrett talking. And then some of you are like, I was done at week one. But hey, if you're listening here at week four, thanks for sticking with us. We have been having conversations based around Luke 252. And that scripture says this, that Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and in favor with man. We're going to talk about in favor with man, and specifically, we're going to talk about friendships, the three different types of masculine 
friends that I think every man should have in their life. So Garrett, what you've talked about in the past is you've talked about how part of your fitness regimen is cycling. And you said specifically that it's in your basement, that you do that early because of rhythm in your life. Guys, if you miss that podcast, go back. I think it's two episodes, maybe three episodes. It's a great podcast. A lot of helpful things talking about, uh, talking about fitness uh, for us men. And Garrett brought out some gems in that one. But you mentioned that you're a cyclist. Well, I just want to ask this, kind of like paving the way for where we're going in masculine friends and friendships. What is the furthest distance that you've gone on a bike? Oh man, uh, you weren't prepared for this, so I love I love these questions. I I'm pretty sure I did a century ride, so I'm pretty sure I did 100 miles in in one shot. Oh, that's all. Yeah, well, that's a lot. <laughs> Just kidding. That is I was, that's a lot. I was dead. <laughs> Uh, it's all in the way you sell it. It's all in the way you sell it. hundred miles is that's legit. I've never done a hundred miles, but I've done a 50 miler. But so I had somebody who basically mentored me on how to ride. And at the time I had a road bike. Now I don't, now I just have a mountain bike. But when I had my road bike, he, he mentored me in the way to ride. And I learned some things about cycling. Um, are you familiar with the term, uh, with the term in cycling called drafting? Oh, thank God for drafting. Yes. yes. Well, break it down for us. What is, what is drafting? You could probably say it better than me. Yeah. Well, typically if you're, if you're doing a group ride, you know, you've got your lead, your lead guy and he's out there and he's taking everything on, right? The wind, the elements, uh, everything out there. Then there's those of us that are, if you, if you ever noticed, if you're not a cyclist, guys ride very, very closely in packs, uh, which if you've never ridden before and you do that for the first time, it's a little freaky because you don't realize how close they're actually riding uh, until you get out there. But um, the more you do it, the more comfortable you become. But that's what drafting is, is you're, you're basically drafting off the back tire of another bike, of another guy in front of you. And uh, typically, I mean, there's varying uh, opinions out there, but you can save about you know, 20 to 25% of your energy if, if you're drafting versus leading. Well, that's incredible. You know, that's one of those things I didn't know it was that 25%. I, I could feel it when I was on the bike and he would, he would switch me and he was a crazy high level cyclist. And I, I was never a high level cyclist. The farthest distance I ever went on a bike was 50 miles, which to me, that was, that was legit. I mean, it's not, you know, I'm not a century guy, you know, I'm not at your level. That's a but good was, ride, Chad. There's, that's nothing to be ashamed of. 50 miles is a long way. Well, but what was not great about it is is when he had me lead and then I was basically pulling all the weight. I'm like, dude, you're the pro here. He literally used to be a pro. I'm like, you're the pro and I'm the amateur. Why in the world are we doing this? But it's, it's very similar. Some of you, and, and I, when I learned this myself, I was kind of shocked. Maybe some of you are familiar guys who are out there. Uh, you're familiar with NASCAR. It's the same principle with NASCAR. It's a lead car and a pull car, you know, a car that is, is the lead car is the one pulling and of course, the draft and the way that the air works off of it, but it even works in the same way with cycling. And to me, that just created this, this whole other way of, of maybe connecting this idea of drafting and cycling with friendships. Because for us, I think as men, we need friends because what it does, it, it, it enables us to maybe take the lead and kind of help another guy to make his life a little bit easier, but also for us to reverse, right? If we have a quality friendship, masculine friendship, then he takes the lead and we can kind of coast along with him just in being friends. And when, I, when that thought came to my mind, it really was spurred off of this quote from Lance Armstrong, which I realized there's all sorts of like, you know, 
uh, maybe conversation we could have Lance, around Lance Armstrong. But this is what Lance Armstrong said. He said, anyone who imagines they can work alone winds up surrounded by nothing but rivals without companions. Replace companions with friends. The fact is no one ascends alone. Mm. No one ascends alone. I mean, if, if you're out there, uh, just, just know that you cannot ascend. You cannot get to the place where God wants you to be alone. Uh, we firmly believe that God has, he is wanting you to have friends because there are times where you will be able to pull and make somebody else's life a little bit easier. And there's also times for you to rest and allow somebody else to pull a little bit heavier so you can kind of go along life with them. So that's what we talk about. I'm fired up about this. And I realize, you know, that when we start talking about, and I, Garrett, I think you'll agree with this, when we start talking about friendships and men's friendships, you know, we almost need to cue like, you know, highway to the danger zone, but the Top Gun theme song, because it's like, <laughs> are you kidding me? But this is such a big deal. Do you think this is a big deal or am I just blowing this out of proportion? No, I was, we were obviously chatting just before we, you know, started recording here, like how, how big of a deal this really is. I mean, and, and I only know it probably from working with, you know, in this industry for the last 10 years of my life, but whether it's the, the mentorships that we're doing the training for, right. And, going all over the country and doing mentorship trainings and talking to mentors and protégés and, and hearing what, what's coming out of those trainings as far as what the protégés are desiring to work on. Um, it could be in our equilibrium retreats. We see it a lot in that right now uh, where guys are coming out of that retreat or they're sharing their stories on that retreat. And also through Anchored Man, which is our, our five-week uh, video series and, and a lot of, that a lot of churches are using, but even through that, we're leading one of those here locally uh, and hearing some of the stories that are coming out of that. One consistent theme is always coming up, and that is men are struggling to understand friendships. They don't know if they even have them. Mm -hmm. uh, many of them don't, to be quite honest with you. And it's, it's a really weird area of our life. And, and because nobody wakes up one day, Chad, and says, you know what, I'm, I don't want friends anymore. I'm just going to stop making it a priority. Hmm. It's not what we do. Like we hmm. actually deep down inside, we desire that brotherhood. We desire that camaraderie. We desire to have these different friends that we go and experience different things with. The issue is that we, we get married right? And then we start having families and we start building our careers or we start building our businesses and we become leaders. And so we start to volunteer more or we start to sit on this board or that board and we start to bring more things onto our plate. And the friendships, hanging out with the guys is just one of those things that naturally gets shoved off the plate because you've got to tend to your family, right? You've mm -hmm. got to tend to these things that you're committed to and that you're responsible for. And so it's a really dangerous one because it's one that we need to make a priority and we need to be intentional about, but guys don't always know how to honor other guys in their life. Um, they don't really know what it takes to build friendship. They think that going out and just fishing is, is a friend, which there's an element of that, that, that we need, but there's also an element of, you know, building deep, meaningful friendship. And what does that look like? And many guys don't even want to go there. And so it's a really odd area uh to navigate and even to talk through because there's so many directions you can go with it but the bottom line is this is that i would i would venture to say that almost every single guy out there um as you know and i would say get beyond your 20s a little bit like start having a family start building your career you're gonna see that this continues to be a consistent theme in men's lives 
Yeah, there was an interesting study by Niobe Way from uh, New York City. She's a New York City professor. And, you know, one of the things that she brought out, and I love the fact that she kind of blew up the notion, a lot of times we as guys, we think, well, friendships are for females, right? And we, we think that well, just, it becomes easier for them, easier than boys. And, and actually what she found out was growing up, making and maintaining friends comes just as easy to boys as it does girls. But here's the twist. It's, it's what you're talking about, but this even happens before we get busy with, uh, by her study, it actually happens before college, before career, before marriage, the, the, the shift starts to happen. So she studied adolescent friendships between, uh, and found that boys and girls are likely or equally likely, equally likely to disclose their deepest, darkest feelings with friends when they're young. Same, boys and girls, no difference, but there's a twist, there's a change that happens. But there's a not so subtle change that occurs around the age 15. And that's when the boys began to report that they don't need or don't have as many friends. So it's even before we get really busy around the age of 15. And I don't know if it's that, you know, if it's, if it's some sort of primal thing that's been in us since the hunter gatherer days, you know, and I'm not saying this as, as somebody who's not a follower of Jesus and Darwinian thought, I'm just saying somebody who's, you know, way back when things were more primitive to say, okay, our responsibilities changed. We weren't around home. We got to be, or we got used to kind of going out and, and being that hunter gatherer and providing for the family until everything, everything got domesticated and industrialized as it is now. So I'm not really sure where, you know, what the origin of this is. My, my mind can only speculate, but what she said was it's around the age of 15 that that shift starts to happen. Well, doesn't it make sense, Chad? I mean, like, if you think about it, as young boys, right, and, and you think about, like, summertime, I mean, I have very vivid memories of waking up, right, and you're just out the front door. You got to do your morning chores, and you're out the front door, and you're getting with, like, you didn't have to think about what to do with friends. You just went and did it, you know, whether it was, uh, you know, we used to play around town, right, baseball, um, whether it was just going down and playing in the Creek, like you didn't have to think about, well, what should I do with my friends that you just did it? Like you just did it as boys because it was just, it came very naturally fast forward. You start to become 15, 16, 17 years old. Well, now there's a lot more options. We can get into trouble a little bit more, right? Like now we have to decide, well, are we going to go here? Are we going to go there? And it only, it only gets more complicated the older we get and and the more responsibilities we have. So in my mind, hearing that, it, it actually makes sense because I never had to think about what to do with my friends when I was a kid. You just did it. Um, whereas as the older you got, you had some more things in your plate. You had some more opportunities. You had some more options. Uh, you got some more responsibility. Um, you know, you, it, it now becomes a prioritization, right? Well, do I want to prioritize that group of friends for instead of this? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, that, that's what happens, I think. And it's just a very natural process that unfortunately it happens way quicker and than we realize. And it happens, you know, just a lot faster than we realize. And I don't, I think sometimes the long-term effects of it, it's almost guys feel like it's too late. You know, mm-hmm. by the time they realize it's like, wow, I haven't talked to that guy or hung out with that guy in years. Like, how am I going to build that back to where it was when we were 25? Well, you know, that goes back to just, kind of having the courage and the grit to, to get back on the horse and ride. But it, it makes sense in my mind. So why is it that culturally they, that we seem to celebrate the lone wolf man? Yeah, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I, 
this is something that Justin uh, Watkins, he's on staff with us, but uh, we've talked about this in the past. I know, you know, I know maybe it's out there that we do kind of celebrate like the hero. I'm by myself. I've accomplished this on my own. I don't know if it's as celebrated as maybe we, we think it is. Um, I don't know. I just think that if it is celebrated, it's because, you know, you had this idea of success and accomplishment, right? Like rags to riches type of stories that I did this on my own. Right. Um, but in reality, I think if we actually look at those, most of those stories, um, there's been a lot of people around the guys like that that have helped. And I think a lot of those guys would say that too, is there's been people along the journey that have helped them get there. Um, but I just think it's a lot easier to do things alone than it is mm. uh, with people and with friends uh, along your side because um, when you're talking friendships, you're talking accountability, you're, you're talking, uh, you know, checks and balances, um, you're talking more opinions, you know, more thoughts. It's just a lot easier sometimes for guys to do things on their own because, again, if you, if you look at friendship – and you look at true friendship, genuine, authentic friendship, it, it takes, it, it takes effort. It takes intentionality. It, it, it requires you to make this a priority in your life, which you, now you're starting to talk through some of those things, or you bring some of those things to the forefront. And now you've got some resistance, right? <laughs> you've got some resistance and then man, we're going to take the path to the least resistance. So it's, Oh, I can just go do this on my own. I'm going to go do it on my own. Um, but that's just kind of my two cents on it. I'm not sure I really have a, a strong feeling one way or another around the whole lone wolf thing, other than I think it's just kind of a fake thing that Hollywood and media has kind of made out to be a good thing when in reality we know it's not. Yeah. I mean, it, for us, it's not good that man would be alone. And I, I don't think that that's just talking about, you know, having, you know, having a wife or a female companion in that way. I think it's, there's so much there. It's not good that man is alone. And we were talking off air and just talking about the, the loneliness epidemic that three out of five people in America today identify as being lonely, three out of five. And I just wonder if there's a guy out there who's just lonely, who's listening to this and, and maybe his personality isn't really that, you know, befitting of him just to spark up a friendship or, you know, to, he's not that guy who's going to put, He's not going to necessarily put himself out there. Um, what we want to do today is we really want to tee this up in a way to say, maybe you don't have to put yourself out there as much. Maybe there's, there's ways that you can start to view friends to allow it not to be as difficult up front. But I do think that we do need to have people who challenge us and who help hold us accountable. Uh, so this speaks into the base characteristics of a friend. And maybe this is just a little bit uh, elementary of a question, but what do you think are the, the, the characteristics of a godly friendship? Oh, man. <laughs> um, you know, one of the big ones that I think is often overlooked, um, I, I kind of like this, but it's this idea that like friends, godly friends, I think, and it's not every friend, but I believe it's an element or it's an essential to friendship in, in our Christian circles is you know, we, we share a mission. Like we've, we've got to look for those guys that we have a similar mission and, mm -hmm. and we're willing to go on that mission with. And sometimes that can be a, a, a legit mission from God, but other times it can be a fun adventure, right? And mm -hmm. um, a short-term mission, it can be a short-term accomplishment or a goal that we've got. Um, there, obviously trust, you've got trust in there. 
is a big thing. We've got to be able to have that trust that when a guy says, comes to me and says, Hey man, I, I saw the way you treated your wife or, Hey man, I saw you snap at your kid. Like we got to build that trust so that I can receive that without being offended and, and vice versa. Um, there's obviously these guys that serve one another and look for ways to serve each other and their families. And I think one of the coolest things I heard recently was uh, at our church, there's a couple, uh, there's a small group and, you know, it's several couples, but they, they rotate um, where one week um, one couple watches all the kids mm-hmm. and while the other couples go out on a date, you know? And so just kind of serving one another and looking for ways to do that, I think is, is a big deal, but I'm big on the mission thing. I'm big on the trust thing. Uh, I'm big on serving one another. Um, I mean, those are just a couple things that come to mind, you know, but I, I also look at the whole sharpening thing, right? Like mm-hmm. I think that comes with the trust, but there's a, there's a time and a place for friends to be able to challenge and encourage uh, and, and make me uncomfortable. Right. And, and maybe even tick me off at times. <laughs> like, right. That's just the bottom line. That's, that's what true friends do. And I know we're going to talk through these different level of friendships today, but those are just a couple of things that stick out as, as we chat through this. I mean, even the best knife will become dull and even the best man will become dull. Mm. So he needs the sharpening of another man. That's a good word. So if you have if you have a knife that's dull, you're going to sharpen it. If not, it's I mean it's actually more a dull knife is more dangerous than a sharp knife. Uh, so and it's the same thing with a man. At the best man, as good as a man can be, he still will become dull. And there's a reason why iron sharpens iron. So one man sharpens another. Men of iron, you know, our our call really and what we what we are about. We are men of iron sharpening other men, and that's the reason why you know, one of the five F's is friendships, right? In really understanding what that is. So I want to, now we'll just kind of transition and let's talk about the three types of masculine friends. So, and I think that there's a sharpening aspect to all of them, but they're not all at the same level, but here's even before Garrett and I have this conversation, men, as you hear these, these three different uh, examples of friend uh, or masculine friend qualities of a masculine friend, what I want you to think about is I want you to think about and maybe even take note of this if, if you're inclined to do so. Take note of who fits in each category because we're going to give you three different categories of masculine or types of masculine friends. The first one is a recreational friend. This is a guy that you can just grill out, cook ribs, go fishing, hunting. You just help one another. Uh, this is a guy who's just around. He's just around. So when, when you hear recreational friend, what, what kind of thoughts come to mind for you, Garrett? I mean, these are the easiest, right? These are the easiest uh, because they are, when I say shallow, I don't mean that in a negative light. I mean that like just they're not going to be as deep as or sharpening as other friendships. But yeah. the, if you had three buckets of friends, like this is probably the most full, meaning this is the one that you're going to have the most amount of guys in your life that you're doing things with. And so um, we need these, right? Like we talk a lot about this idea of action in a man's life and, and, and and space and that, that, that concept of how you're connecting with God. But then there's this play, there's these areas that we need. This is where we can, can kind of get our souls fired up and, and rested and rejuvenated. Like these are the friends that you can probably go, go do those things with. Now, doesn't mean that they're different levels of friendships. Doesn't mean that they, some don't play all three of these, right? Like we know that too, but 
when I think of the recreational friend, I think it's probably the easiest. You have the probably the most amount of these. Um, but again, I don't want to downplay those guys that are out there listening that don't even have this because there's many of them. Mm-hmm. And so if you're listening, you're like, man, I don't even have that. Like, this is not meant to guilt or shame or anything like that. But it is an encouragement to you to say, hey, you can go make this a priority because there's actually other guys, a lot more guys than you realize that would love to be probably this type of friend in your life. So a uh, couple thoughts, Chad, that just came to mind. Yeah, I think the, the, one of the struggles when it comes to all of these different types of friends that we're going to mention is maybe for a guy like me, who's very pragmatic. I'm like, okay, give me, give me what I need. Let me make a list. Let me kind of work this out. I want to be efficient. I want to be pragmatic and have all this. And for a guy who's like me, I don't want you to think that, that you need to take a recreational friend and make him one of these other friends. It may work out in that way. It may be just a conversation over a cup of coffee or over a campfire or on a camping trip, fishing trip, or you're sitting around the cabin or whatever and or sitting on the boat and you just, your conversation goes from cliche to something of depth. That's awesome. But no guy wants to be manipulated. So we're not trying to say, hey, now we're trying to, to make sure that you take this guy and move him to the next level, the next level. That would feel like manipulation. We're not trying to, to we're not advocating for that. I don't want somebody to do that to me. And I certainly am not going to do that to someone else. What we want you to do is we want you to be able to recognize, okay, who fits in these categories and how can I practically, maybe for me, maybe looking around and who is in my life and say, oh, they're already there and embrace the role that that person's taking and and not be afraid if you have that shared mission like you were talking about earlier, Garrett. If you're on a shared mission with somebody, you shouldn't be afraid to having that friend to say, hey, Iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Hey, can we help sharpen one another? And could we, you know, could we go through this study? Could we hold one another accountable? Could we do whatever it is? Could we just uh, go to work out? And then we'll just have like a, you know, just start a friendship from there. But we don't want you to necessarily think, okay, you're going to take this guy and go from here to here to here. That may yeah. happen. It may not. No, no guy likes to be manipulated. Above all, I don't. I know you don't either, Garrett. <laughs> So a recreational friend, it is, it is the more shallow friend because you're not, you're not really that vulnerable with them. You're, just, you're going to a ball game together. You're talking in cliche. You're talking about probably not a whole lot of opinion of things. You're just talking factually. You're using cliche and facts. You're talking about the score of, of the football game or the baseball game or the box score or, or this article that you saw or whatever it is. It's kind of like you're just, just hanging out, talking about life, facts, cliche, not a whole lot of opinion. However, once you start getting into the next, the mid-level of friend and moving beyond a recreational friend into the resilient friend, you may move into over the span of time, i.e. resilient, the span of time to where now you've actually been a little bit more open to share opinion with this, this person that was trusted. Who is somebody for you, Garrett, just so practically, who's somebody for you who you've been friends with that, that you would say is a resilient friend that you've had for 10 plus years? Oh, wow. Um, and, and let me ask you this. Let me just to bring a little bit more clarity. When you say resilient friend, is this somebody that there's been, you know, miles between us? It's like we're not living in the same region or is this somebody that's just always, we might not talk every week or every month, but it's always there when we do talk. Yeah, great question. It could be either one. It's just somebody who's basically gone through the highs and lows of life over a span of time. That's yeah. what a, a resilient friend, highs and lows through a span of time. 
Yeah. You know, somebody that comes to mind off the top of my head is, um, you know, uh, Doug, a guy named Doug rule and, and Doug and I don't talk every week. We don't talk, uh, even every month. Uh, but when we do get together, it's, you know, we, we were together almost weekly at a certain stage of life before we were both married, you know, hung out a ton, did vacations together, uh, accountability together, all that good stuff. And then we both got married and started having families and we just kind of went different ways. But when we get back together now, right, it's the accountability comes right to the table. And so um, that is somebody that comes to mind now where it's like we never really, you know, missed a beat. Uh, we just, we continue to meet for breakfast every, you know, once every couple of months or several months. And uh, we always were like, man, we need to do this more often. We need to do this more often, but that's the resilient friend, right? Is I know that I might not be able to talk to Doug for a full year, but I know that I can call him at 3am and he's going to answer his phone and vice versa. Uh, and that's the kind of friendship that, you know, I would say uh, we all need, you, you've got to have a few of those 3am friends or those resilient friends in, in, in this case. Absolutely. A, a couple of different people come to mind for me. Uh, of just, you know, that resilient friend, somebody who's gone through the highs and lows over a span of time, and they're still around. <laughs> you know, they didn't bolt on your highs or lows. Uh, some a name, a few names come to mind, but one name comes to mind is somebody I met probably 15 years ago, maybe 14 years ago. His name's Dre, lives in Florida. He's a great friend of mine. We actually, we were in a community group together. Uh, he and his wife, great couple, friends of ours. Of course, we live in Georgia now but we still see each other once a year in person, chat every once in a while. And he is, he's one of those guys to where we can go, just like where you're talking about, we can go from not seeing each other, being in the same room for a year, but yet get in the same room. And it's like we were in community group like last week. And he's just that guy. And we're past all the facade. He is, uh, you know, he is somebody I could call at three o'clock in the morning and say, Hey man, I need help with this. Or can I ask you this question? Or, I need prayer for this. And he's, he's going to show up, you know, he's going to do whatever he can. And because he's proven it. And that's, that's one of the elements of a resilient friend, but it's been proven over time. Yeah. uh, Because they've stayed around of this idea of being a a resilient friend. I I couldn't help but think of, and you guys can check all the stats on this, but there's a, a great example of this actually in the history of our country with John Adams and Thomas Jefferson. Pretty much, I would say, the most famous pair of feuding friends. They, they were friends over the span of, of decades, and yet they totally disagreed on their politics. But yet they respected one another. And I think, man, this is such, a, this is such an example for us in the day and age we live in. We're so polarized, divided, to where you know, people can't, they can't have a differing opinion. And if so, it's kind of like you have to just kind of hush-hush for fear that you may get canceled and all that other mess that's out there. And just, I love hearing about the storyline of these two because all of their differences of opinions, it, at times it did strain their, their friendship, but not, not that much, actually, because on the 50th anniversary of the Declaration of Independence, these, these two ex-presidents died together on the same day. And John Adams, his last words were, Thomas Jefferson still survives, but he was wrong because Jefferson had died five hours earlier. Wow. So it's just, they're friends for decades. They didn't, there was a certain area that they didn't agree on, that they would have, that they would feud about, but yet they respected one another and they were a great picture of resilient friends. They didn't, they didn't have to agree about everything, mm. but, but one common goal that they had 
was the vision of America. Yeah. The vision of America. And for us now, we're, we're beyond that. But I think that a man needs to have thinking about vision, intention, means. It's the vision for what kind of man do we want to be? What kind of man do you want to be? And, and when we start looking for our, our friendships, whether it's a recreational friend, a resilient friend, it's who has stayed with you through the span of the highs and lows, through a course of time, who, is, who thinks in alignment with you, with your, with your vision for who you want to be and, who you, and how you want to show up in the world. What would you say to that, Garrett? Yeah, I mean, I, I just bring it back to the this concept of okay, so we're we're talking about this resilient friend. It's it's somebody that um is is gonna be there with you through the thick and the thin. And and again, I know we're talking primarily to probably listeners that are have a Christian value system, but there might be a few of you that that out there that are listening that don't. And and my point being is that it. it this type of friend doesn't always have to hold the same values. I know that sounds crazy, but it's that person that, again, we, we like to say in our organization, right? Like our values and vision have to be kind of together, like no doubt about it. But like, I've got a lot of friends that want to be really good husbands and really good fathers, and they want to be really good marketplace driven men, but they might not have the same Christian values that I have, but there's still things that I can gain from those guys, right? Like, I don't just shut people out because uh, of my life, just because they're not following Christ or not. Like those are things that that would be stupid of us to do that. Right. This is our opportunity now to shine those values into other people's lives that they can learn from us too. So I think it's really important to look at you say about vision. It's crucial. Like I'm probably not going to waste my time. Well, I'm not going to even say probably I'm not going to waste my time for a guy that, you know, for a lack of a better term, like just has no desire to do anything with his life. Like I'm not, not going to do it. I'm not going to waste my time doing that. Rather, I'm going to be going along people that are a very similar vision to, to be a, a great man, to be a great husband, to be a great father, to be a great leader, because I know I can pick things up from them. And I know vice versa, they're going to be able to pick things up from me. It goes back to that iron sharpening iron. So um, I just think it's, it's important to think through that is that when we're talking through this idea of different friends, um, because I'm thinking of a few of them now, I'm not going to say their names, but like, we don't always have the same values, right? Mm. I'm a Republican. Some of them are Democrats, vice versa. Like it, it, it doesn't always matter about those things as long as you can be, you know, really hone in on the important things, uh, which is the accountability, which is the vision piece which is, hey, how am I, where am I prioritizing this? How am I helping this person out? How are they helping me? Like, these are the things we got to worry about. And these are the things we have to prioritize. Yeah, because, you know, part of the, the element of being a friend is, again, we're not all going to get to the third level that, that we're going to talk about in just a minute. Some of us are just in the recreational friend stage. And maybe the only thing that we agree upon is the football team we root for. <laughs> Think about it. I mean, yeah. literally, all, you're just, it's, then it's just companionship. You're just hanging out, just guys. You're not sharing your deepest, darkest secrets. Again, how we started that was you're talking about facts. You're not really even really delving that much into opinion. It's kind of cliche and facts, factual way of communicating back and forth. Our shared, our, the, the shared thing we share is Miami Dolphin football, right, Garrett? That's what we share, the Miami Dolphin football. You and I, we share. Absolutely not. 
Good. Oh, wait. A Absolutely minute. not, Chad. <laughs> but you know, it's one of those things. It's like I, I'm reminded of this uh, guy that I, you know, I loosely, loosely connected with. His name's Stu. I met him at the gym 11 years ago when we met when when we moved here. And the reason why I was drawn to Stu is because he wore a Miami Dolphins football, his, his hat. Like it was a Miami Dolphins hat always at the gym. And I live in Georgia. There are a few of us, right, who root for the Dolphins. And maybe that's wisdom. I'm not really sure. But I saw Stu with the hat on. I was like, we, we shared something in common. So what did I do? I went up to him and I started talking about football. I didn't share my deepest, darkest secrets. I didn't even talk about any of those other things. It was around football. But then what it did was it created a pathway. Then I could ask him, hey, where do you guys go to church? Tell me what's, what's going on. And I found out that he was a roofer. And then all of a sudden, guess who I called when I needed, when I needed help with my roof? I called well, Stu. Stu. Yeah. Why wouldn't I? Right? Because then I just made a connection, and it, it was a networking connection. But he's not the guy who I'm going to call at 3 o'clock in the morning if, you know, if I need help. But we know that. He's just, he's just like a, a recreational friend. He's on the outside. But he and I could sit down and have a cup of coffee about Miami Dolphin football anytime. He's not a resilient friend. He hasn't been there through the highs and lows. He's not at that level yet. And he's certainly not at the third level. And that's the resistance friend level. Mm. This is the, the level that we talk about probably more than anything else at Men of Iron. We talk about the resistance friend. That's the guy who, you know, he's bringing accountability. He's, he's that guy who's, who's going to be open, more open about his life. You, have, you know you have shared values, meaning scriptural values. Um, but yet, again, we've created a pathway. Three different types of masculine friends, recreational friend, res, the resilient friend, and now a resistance friend. So the resistance friend, I mean, this is why this is part of the five Fs, right? This is the reason why friendships are there. Am I, am I wrong on that or am I right? No, yeah, absolutely. I think that, and again, it's healthy, I think, to even take an evaluation or an assessment of your own life and to say, okay, yeah, hey, I've got a lot of these recreational friends and maybe I got that, you know, one resilient friend and then asking yourself, like, do you have this resistance friend? And, and in my mind, this is, the resistance friend can be defined, again, Chad, I know we didn't talk about this pre-recording here, but, and if 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 I'm getting it wrong, please chime in, but a resistance friend can, can be a little, like can play different roles. So a lot of my like resistance friends, I would consider to be mentors, right? Mm -hmm. Like there are guys in my life that are a season or two ahead of me. Um, I still consider them to be a friend, right? Like they're still answering my texts. They're still picking up my phone calls. We still go away on a weekend together every now and then, or whatever it might be. But these are guys that are, that are a season or two ahead of me that are mentoring me, that are sharpening me, that are challenging me. I'm learning from, right? Don't, no doubt about it. They're gaining something from me as well because the mentor always learns in the mentorship. Mm -hmm. But then the resistance friend can, can also be the peer-to-peer, -peer, right? Where, hey, me and my buddy Doug or whatever it might be, um, we're sharpening one another. Okay, he's not a season or two ahead of me. We're in the same season, but we're able to, through our mutual experiences of being in that same season, we can actually encourage one another we can help each other out we can hold each other accountable we can serve one another we can go on mission together like there's so many things that now the resistance friends can kind of go down the to the level below us right that resistance friend can be the resilient friend that resilient friend or that mm -hmm. resistance friend can be the recreational friend as well um and so I, I think you have to kind of play it out and look at okay again assess evaluate when it comes to that resistance friend 
you know, I know we talk about it a little bit, like this is David and Jonathan, right? Well, what a lot of people forget to realize, actually, Jonathan was a little bit older than David. Like he was that older confidant. Uh, he probably had a little bit more experience uh, under his belt than, than David did. So even though we want to make it about a peer-to-peer thing, often in the teachings we hear in church, uh, Jonathan was a little bit older than David. We know that. And so there's that idea of it could be an older confidant in your life. Maybe it's not two seasons ahead. Maybe it is just that season, but it's somebody that's there that's pushing you, that's challenging you. They're probably the lead rider, right? And and you're drafting on them. Mm-hmm. But there are those times where they're going to start to burn out because you can't stay out front that whole time. And that's when you're taking that taking that place, right? You're coming out front of them and letting them kind of draft off you a little bit. And And those are probably the most effective. It's where the highest degree of accountability is. It's where we have the best idea of uh, or awareness of balance in our life. It's, it's where spiritual growth is taking place. Like that to me is the resistance friend. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. I was thinking about a, a conversation I had earlier today, actually, and it was with a friend of mine and we were talking about another guy who we've recently just gotten to know. And he's just a great guy, but he's older, he's retired and he's older. And there's just something refreshing about, about an older man of God who is past the people pleasing phase right? He's kind of lived life. He's like fought some battles and he's like, this is, this is important or this is not important, but he knows the difference. And I need friends like that in my life because I'm still, I'm still in that phase to where I can, I can fall one way or the other. Like, I'm like, I don't always get it right. I need that sharpening myself. I can become dull. I can, you know, I can read my own news and I can become my own hero kind of thing. And, and I need people like him to, say, to just kind of speak that into my life because he just sees things so, so clearly. One of the things I talk about in, in my circles is I think every man, and this really speaks into the idea of friendship, and you could have friendship and the resistance friend, the resilient friend, or the recreation friend in what I'm about to say, but it really speaks into or speaks out of what you said, Garrett. I, it's what I call one up and one down. We need to have friends that are one down from us. In other words, that are younger than us. And we need to have people in our lives who are one up from us because we will just keep in the analogy going, we will be drafting somebody else's, somebody else's strength for a season. And we need to start being that lead, that lead man allowing, and then allowing other people to rest after our lead. And we need to go back and forth. This is the reason why I'm so passionate about what we do. I'm so passionate about, uh, the work of men like Stephen Mansfield and his really, really small book called The Book of Manly Men. And just talking about the element of manhood, because that's what this is. This is manhood. A man, becomes, a man becomes a man in the accompaniment of other men. That's, that is my definition of manhood. That's what we do. You cannot become a man alone. We become a good man in the accompaniment of other men in friendships and mentorships are such an important piece and fathers and grandfathers and uncles and all those things too. That's for another podcast, but really centering on, on friendships. But I thought about that one up and then, and then one down aspect of what I'm, it's the language that I use to, to help guys to, Hey, find a mentor and also find friends in different stages of life because you can learn from them. And sometimes you can add value to another. I I think there, there would be something that if I could just, get this message across because <laughs> because i've been here before and i'm actually kind of finding it 
to be where I am now sometimes. And it, and it can be draining. Like, I think there's, there's probably two different types of guys out there. Um, one is you're the guy that's always out front <laughs> and you're pedaling your butt off mm-hmm. and you're trying to, you know, go hard. And, but you're, the problem is you're always out front and you're always that guy that's that lead. And, you know, I, I liken it back to one of my first group rides I ever did. I thought I was really tough and really fast and, and really good. And so I was out front the whole time. And then we got down to like the last three miles and all these guys that were drafting behind me just smoked me and I had nothing left in the tank. I couldn't keep up with them. Hmm. Right. So like, there's that idea that you can only lead so long, like you said earlier, and you really do got to be able to have that group of guys in your life or that guy that you can fall back behind on uh, to be able to just kind of recover and rest and allow him to do some of the leading. Um, and then there's that other guy out there that you've just been drafting the whole time and you need to understand that that's not good either. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to look for opportunities to kind of step up and, and to be able to lead some other men and lead some of your, of your other friends. And that would be number one thing is just to try to identify like, where do you most often kind of, you know, go or where do you most often kind of ride? Um, and, and the second thing is I think there's something in here for churches, Chad, as they're listening to this, because I think that one of the biggest mistakes churches make is they, they primarily cater to church guys, right? And so if you're a pastor out there, understand that you're, if you are primarily catering to church guys, um, there's a whole group of unchurched men that are out there that don't have friends, right? And they the last thing they want is the church guy friend. And so if we can start to change our strategy a little bit in, in instead of doing the men's ministry thing, which is catering primarily to church guys, do the men's strategy thing, which is aim for unchurched and, and those guys on the fringe, because they're often the guys that are going to make really great leaders. They're going to come in. God's going to grab them. He's going to change their heart, their mind, and they're going to be on fire and they're going to bring a lot of other people with them. Mm-hmm. So just kind of think through like, Hey, who are we catering to here? Um, because I think it's a mistake that a lot of churches make. And um, again, I'm just, I know this just from my own experience of, of leading men of iron is there's so many guys out there right now that don't have friends. They don't have friends because they, A, they probably don't know the difference between what we've just talked about, these three different types of friendships. Um, but I think this is where I would love to even go in a little bit of this chat, if you don't mind is like, mm-hmm. okay, what about the guy that's out there right now? That's listening to this. He's like, all right, great. Hey, I understand what the three different friendships are. Where do I go? Where, where do I start? What do I do? Mm-hmm. And, and I think that really comes down to just keep it simple and, and go mm-hmm. back to this idea of like, identify a mission that you want to go on. Right. And when I say mission, that could be like, I want to run a marathon or mm-hmm. I want to go on a missions trip. Right. Like it can be it can be very serious. It can be fun. It can be adventurous. Like I want to hike a mountain. Right. Um, and then go find a dude that you can experience that with because there's usually if you're on mission, there's something you've got to train for. There's something you've got to prep for. There's, there's prep work that has to be done. Do that together. Enjoy that experience together. That's where really good kind of seems like a recreational friend. Right. But that's where through that training together, through that preparing together, through the prep, that's where the resilient friend starts to come into play. And then as you build this resilient friend, that's where the, the resistance friend comes into play. So start simple. Look for some sort of adventure or mission that you can go share with a guy, two, or maybe even three, um, because really good things can happen. So don't overcomplicate it. But yet, you know, you have to understand it's got to be a priority. It's probably going to be something you're going to put some time and resources to. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's when you were saying that, I, I just started to, to think about this. 
you know, women, they have relationships face to face. They just do. It's face to face. Men have relationships shoulder to shoulder. And think of the picture that that represents. Think of the picture, even what you talk about with, with David and Jonathan, they were, they were shoulder to shoulder, even taking it a, a little bit further. You think of Jonathan and the armor bearer, mm-hmm. you know, and, and just all of that shoulder to shoulder. Because men, just as, as John Eldridge would say, men want a battle to fight. That's what we do. That's one of the reasons why we're made. We want to know, do we have what it takes? So we're not going to win a battle by ourselves. You want to battle with other people. There are, there are no lone wolves who win wars. They just don't. It takes teams of people committed, committed to a common mission and common goal. And men, we hope that this conversation has been great for you and helpful for you. It's shoulder to shoulder, not face to face. Go find that recreational friend. Just look around. You probably already have them. Uh, maybe call that resilient friend to say, man, I really appreciate you. Uh, go find, or, you know, not for you. Maybe it's fine. Maybe you already have this, this resistance friend. And just as Garrett so wisely said, if you are the one who's always leading, know that you can't lead forever. There's got to be a time where you step back and you just take a deep breath and you allow somebody else to pull and to lead for a little while and you'll have your time to come back, but just enjoy that time of rest and knowing that everything that you did and how you helped that other friend, now you get to reap the reward because you get to rest based off of, the, of how much you put out for that person. And then also, if you're the guy who's always in the back, here's what I want to say for you. Get off your butt. Mm. Get off your butt. It's a firm and direct word, but get off your butt. You need to go out and you need to take the lead. It's time. Yeah. You need to stop just resting off of everybody else's hard work and, and asking everybody else to, to be a friend. It's time for us to man up and to be a friend ourselves so that we can, again, we can become sharp. We can become the men that God wants us to be, that our wives need us to be, that our families need us to be, that our communities need us to be. The way that this world is going to be changed is one man at a time, and we do not do this alone. Gentlemen, it's been a pleasure to be able to be the host of, of episode 66 and talking about the three types of masculine friends that we think that you should have in your life. If we've got this wrong, send us a message at men of iron on Instagram. Let us know, send us a DM to say, no, no, no. I think you got it wrong. There's maybe we missed one. Maybe we missed two. Hey, we'll give you credit if we blew it. Uh, If this has been helpful for you, we would love it. If you would share and you would rate and review and subscribe to this podcast, we have other great podcasts coming down the pipeline. You don't want to miss them. Thank you for sticking through this podcast. We hope that you have great friendships and we were able to help you. And that is a great, Uh, honor for us to know that we've actually made any sort of difference in your life. Until next week, gentlemen, see ya. This Men of Iron podcast is brought to you by Men of Iron. If you're interested in getting involved in or supporting the vision of changing a culture one man at a time, or you simply want to know more about our Strong 27 mentorship experience, Equilibrium retreats, Anchored Man video series, or Men of Iron Plus, go to menofiron.org.